Hey, it's Andrew here. Before we jump into today's episode, I've got to let you know I had a total rookie mistake and I've inadvertently used the wrong microphone in my settings. So it's going to sound a bit ordinary, the intro and outro part, but I can assure you the interview is the same good quality audio that you're used to. So I hope you can bear with me for the intro and outro, and I'll be sure to watch out for that in the future. All right, let's get on with this. This is PhotoBizX episode number 356. And today we're talking with business coach Terry Ogburn, who believes the very best way to build your business is to go into it with the idea of selling it once we've grown it. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I hope you're doing well, you're coping with whatever degree of isolation has been imposed on you, depending on where you live, and I hope you've happily found some kind of routine that's actually working for you. I've got a great episode for you today with Terry Ogburn. He's helped hundreds of businesses grow by following a process that he's developed, and although he's not a photographer, I think there are going to be so many takeaways from what he has to share. That's coming up in just a minute. As far as me and my week is concerned, like you, I've been, I've been somewhat isolated. The, the rules haven't been so strict here in New South Wales in Australia where I'm based. So I've been lucky enough to get out and ride my bike on the weekend. Actually, daily I've been able to get out to my bicycle, which has been great. The only problem is riding solo or with one other person if we're able to keep some isolation, some distance, some separation. But it's been nice to be able to get out and do that. Also, plenty of walks with Linda, and it's always nice spending time with the family as well. Because having kids at the age mine are, 22 and 20, I don't tend to spend as much time at home with us. But they're kind of forced to at the moment, and that's kind of nice. (laughs) I hope you're finding the same in your household. In regards to actual work, well, the biggest focus for me this week has been the daily vlog challenge. It has blown me away. I am I'm really excited about the challenge. I'm so glad that I took a, a risk in offering it to PhotoBizX members. We're up to day five now, and the progress that we're seeing from each other has been fantastic. Seriously, fantastic. You watch the first unit videos because what the, the way this thing works is I'm giving the members something to focus on in regards to the video. So it could be you know, making eye contact with the lens. It could be framing up your face correctly to record, focusing on the light, on the message, on the background, you know, whatever it may be. There's different things we're looking to improve and add to with each step of the challenge. They're then given a prompt so they know what to record. And it's usually something fun. They record their video less than two minutes long and then upload it into the unit for that day's challenge. From there, they go back and give feedback to two other members who have uploaded their videos. And I've been in there as well, giving as much feedback and help as possible. I've got to tell you, the videos from day one are such a far cry from what I'm seeing on day four and day five. In the beginning, there was fear, fear in some of their eyes. 
And now I get a sense that members are waiting for the challenge to drop so they can get going with the daily video task. And I'm seeing smiling faces, well-lit, sparkling eyes, great messages. Everything has stepped up a notch. And the whole idea of the challenge is to put you in a position where you are comfortable being yourself on camera and ultimately you can use the skills that you pick up from the challenge in the marketing and advertising for your photography business. Now, whether that's replying to email inquiries with video, whether it's recording video for your social media, video for your Facebook ads or Instagram ads, for your website, for a YouTube channel, whatever it may be. I mean, video, we we know it's a huge thing. So if you can get comfortable on video and deliver your message that way, it's such a great way to connect with your potential clients. It gets you one step in front of anyone that's not using video to have that face-to-face connection before other photographers in your local area are doing the same thing. There's so many benefits to video. As far as the challenge goes, I mean, I've built it up so much here now already. It's it's closed at the moment. So whoever's in there doing the challenge, that's it for now. But what I'm doing, what I plan to do is run another challenge once this one's finished because it has been so well received. So if you want to get onto and into the next challenge, you don't have to be a PhotoBizX member. You can be listening to the free version of the podcast. I'm going to open this up to all photographers. If you would like to get onto the wait list for the next challenge, head over to photobizx.com forward slash challenge. Super simple. There's a landing page there. Add your details, and I'll let you know as soon as the next challenge kicks off. At the time of recording, I haven't uploaded the video, the welcome video that's going to be on that landing page, but I intend to get to that after I get today's podcast episode out. So, yeah, ignore the, the empty space at the top of the landing page if you want to get onto that wait list. And I would love for you to be a part of it if you're interested in introducing video video content to whatever you're doing in regards to your photography business. And it doesn't have to be for everything. It could be just for email replies to client inquiries. It could just be for Facebook ads. It could just be to get better at recording Instagram or Facebook stories. If you want to utilize video, if you get sweaty palms at the thought of recording video, if you get nervous and you do multiple retakes every time you try, you will love the challenge. It is so much fun. And I can promise you will see a transformation over the two weeks of the challenge. Actually, it might even be three weeks for the next one. PhotoBizX.com forward slash challenge if you want to get on and learn more about that and get involved in the next one. And now, a macro look at the last episode. In last week's episode, I featured another personal brand photographer, Heidi Habanovitz, who's based in New York. What an amazing guest. What an amazing business she's built for herself. I know things are turned around at the moment, but if you have a listen to Heidi and the way she's conducting her business, the way she's built multiple sources of income, the way she's attracting her ideal clients, you'll get a sense that she's going to be totally fine right through the pandemic and she's going to be able to come out the other side and hit the ground running because of the way that she structured and built her business. If you're interested at all in shooting personal brand photography, even commercial work, headshots, get back and have a listen to Heidi's episode. Even if you're interested in building other revenue sources around your photography business, it's worth tuning in and have a listen to Heidi because she shares some absolute gems in that episode. Photo Biz Exposed. Interviews with photographers to help you build a better photography business. 
Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Terry Ogburn in just a second. Get your business cap on, get ready to, <laughs> to focus because this is a different style of interview to usual. Now, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast, and that means I'm going to be saving the second half of the interview for premium members only. You're going to miss out on the second half, basically. I just want to give you a heads up. You're still going to get a ton from what Terry has to share in the first half. I think you'll blow your mind with the way that he expects anyone in business, including solopreneurs, small business owners, sole traders like us as photographers, should be running our businesses. Be prepared to be blown away. Anyway, if you'd like to hear the full interview with Terry today, you can do that for as little as $1. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. And for $1, you can grab a 30-day trial membership. You can get access to the full interview today with Terry. I'll invite you to join the Premium Members Facebook group. You get to see what that's all about and why that's so good. Plus, you get access to the full back catalogue. So you can hear the full interviews with any guest you'd like to hear from in the past. PhotoBizX.com forward slash try if you want to check all that out for $1. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest has developed a process that helps entrepreneurs and business owners learn the importance of working on their business instead of being caught up in the day-to-day grind. His system has contributed to the success of hundreds of small to large business ventures and his passion is helping entrepreneurs and small business owners plan, launch, and develop their businesses. He's adamant that we should get into business with the idea of selling it. We should never get into business with the idea of running it. I'm talking about Terry Ogburn, and I'm wrapped to have him with us today. Terry, welcome. Thank you, Andrew, and it's great to be here on your show. Mate, it's great to have you on. I guess to start, I'd love to hear, I'm sure the listener would too, a little bit about your background and I guess what we're thinking is, why should we listen to Terry? What, <laughs> what places him in that position that we should take advice from him? Uh, good. And I like that segue. Why should we listen to me? I've used it many, many times. What makes me the expert? So good. So uh, traveling along in life and uh, got fired out of the car business. I was pretty good at it. And I knew how to work on an air conditioner. So I started an air conditioning company with $118.42. I didn't have a car because, uh, or a truck or anything because in the car business, they provided you with a demo. So anyway, I had this little idea, a little entrepreneurial spirit of mine, uh, probably introduced to me by my dad early on. I used to have to write business plans if I wanted a bike or a lawnmower or something like that. I'd have to give him a, a how I was going to pay him back concept, you know? So I took off in just a few years. I had 26 people, 12 trucks, and I just studied what others did in the industry. And I come up with better ideas just to give your listeners a quick little concept here. The industry then dictated 90 day guarantee only parts and labor, you know, if you fix something. And so I found out that if you put used uh, original manufacturer's parts, you could get a year on those parts. So if the technician puts it back wire for wire, then you should get a year, you know, your guarantee out of it. You know, it should last that long. And what I found out was that if the part did fail, you weren't blaming me. You were blaming the manufacturer because I put the right part in. And the other idea was when it broke, the first person they called was me because it was under your guarantee. As long as that part was still working, it was like getting a free service call. Nice. So if you get my drift, so it was just finding some little difference that, you know, 90 days it was out of warranty. So they didn't call that person. They called somebody else. So I found that little niche there. 
I also focused on the service part of it. And so that's what helped grow the business. By 1985, I had been nominated for Small Businessman of the Year and received it for the state of Florida. I then decided to take my systems and processes on the road. By that time, I had been introduced to the E-Myth and Think and Grow Rich. So I was applying those concepts, you know, to a business. I was a technician. I was a good, uh, you know, I knew how to work on air conditioning, but I didn't know anything about business. And I'll imagine that a lot of your listeners are out there are similar to that. They decided to start their own photography studio because they got mad at somebody or whatever. And they, <laughs> they decided to land and they found out now that there's a lot more to it than just taking pictures of people. You got marketing, you got all these other things, budgets and performers and all these things that you got to deal with, operations manuals and different things like that. So I took that on the road and and next thing you know, I was involved in the corporate arena and I worked for companies like Uniglobe Travel. I was part of a five person team that took a travel company public in two and a half years. We developed 11 regional offices and over 2,000 franchisees. So I learned that if you're going to build a business, you might as well build it as if you were going to sell it. That's what franchises is. You build a franchise concept and you sell it. But the interesting thing is that in the United States, we are governed by an agency called the Federal Trade Commission. And that Federal Trade Commission basically makes sure that you're a viable business before you sell it. So it, it works on paper. And you can't make any earnings claims or anything like that because that's a jailable offense in the United States. So that's a good way to pattern your business. So then I was, uh, after the company went public, then Radio Shack brought me in to do some turnaround stores for them, uh, Metricall Paging and stuff. The different companies brought me in, big companies. And then to do that, Century 21 Real Estate. I don't know if you guys have that over there. But we do, yeah. Yep. I was brought in to do some turnaround stores for them using my system and the processes that I've developed. It works in anything. It works in retail. It works in service. It, it works in any MLMs. It doesn't matter. It works. And after that, in 2005, at the end of there, we kind of had that downturn in business. I can't speak for Australia, but here in the United States, we had this real, the bottom fell out of real estate and so I figured that at this point, that would be the small business person that would be, you know, pull this country back around. And, you know, small business has always been the backbone of any country or any business, you know, any consumer uh, concepts. So why not go after that sector of the market? And so I zoned in on that. I've been in business now for 14 years. I'm starting my 15th year. We're just kicking it off. It was started in 2005 in December. So we're just finished 14. Congratulations. And we're headed into our 15th year. My air conditioning business lasted 10 years. So I've had two companies that gone past 10 years. And if anybody out there, you know, 10 years in a business and it stays profitable and I sold it to my employees, which is the easiest and the best sale you can make, build a business, sell it to your employees and get a residual income coming in you know, from then on. So that's a little bit about me. I've worked with some big companies. You know, I know your podcast is around photography. I've worked with photographers before. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice. And one of the things you said there, did you say when you're selling a business, you can't project earnings, but even though you have runs on the board, I mean, if your business was operational for 10 years, wouldn't a new owner expect to be making the same money? Well, of course, what I meant there, and I'll clarify that, When you're selling a franchise to a prospective franchisee, I can't promise you, Andrew, any money that you're going to make. Right. 
I can't forecast your numbers. But in a business, when you're selling it, you can, like I factored my company based on, um, there were over 7,000 customers that had done business with me for three years or longer. So that set a precedent. So I can factor my business and sell it that way, but I can't be the franchise or and want you to buy into my concept and tell you that you're going to make money. Right. Got it. Got it. Now, one of the things you said, Terry, one of the things I said, Terry, about you when I introduced you was that you're adamant that we should get into business with the idea of selling it. We should never get into business with the idea of running it. Now, I'm wondering, does that apply to photographers who a lot of the time get into photography as a business because they love photography? And that's good. There are a lot of little small, you know, those little solopreneurs and things that just get in business and they just want to make a difference in a company. And, you know, that's just a hobby that makes money for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to be in business, you're going to have to have employees. A person with one or two employees, it's not really in in business. They have a business license. They have a business thing, uh, you know, a concept. But what I'm talking about businesses is where you have a photography studio, there are three or four people work and you have photographers under you dispatch them out to different locations and things like that. When you're wanting to develop your business to that level, it shouldn't be called Sam's photography. Like when I named my air conditioning business, I named it Buccaneer after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which was a local football team. So you want to brand yourself and be able to step away from it. So many people that get in business, they go into it with the mindset of they have a vision of opening their business and which they do. And then they got to get out the copier and they got to get all the stuff and everything in, in place. And then they get sucked into the day-to-day routine, the sales and doing the photography work and going into the dark rooms and all the things that they have to do. And there's so much time devoted to that, that they forget that, about the other two pieces. The reason they got in the business to start with was to have financial freedom and to do things where you're able to go on uh, vacations and do things. But most of the time, what happens is you're you're strapped to 12, 14-hour days and you make ends meet and things like that. But the idea would be to select a name that could be uh, like mine, Buccaneer or, you know, something that can become a household name that would go along with photography. Okay, so if you see a photographer who has named their business after their own personal name, so Terry Ogburn Photography, if you do that, have you automatically restricted your potential to grow? It's my belief that that's correct. You can grow. There's nothing wrong with that. But when your name is there, then you're most likely to have to be a part of that business to be successful. If we removed you from that business, the people would show up and say, where's Andrew? Well, you know, Edrin's, you know, he's not with us anymore. Okay, they may do business with you once, but they don't come back because they're not getting the same service that they got from Andrew from, you know, from someone else. Most likely. I mean, that's the typical. I mean, there's exceptions to this rule, but more times than not, that's what's going on. Got it. Okay. I'm happy to throw questions at you. I'm happy to delve in and try and explore this in more depth. But first of all, it might help if you outline your system because that'll give me a little bit more direction instead of just firing questions at you. Oh, good. And I appreciate questions because it keeps me on my toes too. You know, <laughs> I have to kind of bob and weave, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep you ducking and weaving, that's for sure. Okay, well, good. Good, good. So can you outline the system that you talk about? What is that? Well, my system is about designing an operations manual. One of the things that you learn in the corporate world is there's an operations manual. It's kind of like your rule book. 
And inside of my system, this operations manual consists of eight pieces, all right, sections. One is your development plan, how you, your culture of your company, how you're going to develop, you know, what are the guidelines to that fall within your development process. An action plan with the steps that it takes necessary to get your goals done, your dollars met, your budgets, you know, getting to budget. Then an organizational strategy whereby most companies don't create job descriptions or, or an organizational chart because they, well, we're too small. I mean, we're too big. I mean, we're too small for that. We don't need that. But that's not true because there is accounts payable and receivable and all the other little gimme-do things that go along with running a business. And then after that, we need checklists. Well, this is one of the things that I add to the program that most company, you know, most consultants don't or coaches don't do is for every job that you need, there should be a step-by-step checklist that causes it to you know, come to fruition. And I'll, if you don't mind, I'll just share a little tip here of how to write a checklist that would be very productive for people. Go for it, yes. First is you state the outcome. What is the object of the, the process? What we're about to do? What is the end result in it? And why? Then the next is the why. Why is it important? Why do we need to do it so you can establish the why? And then the outcome is what will it look like when it's completed? So let's say you wanted to develop, uh, create an email address for a new coworker. So you could write it out and, you know, then you put the tools that you need to do it. So you need access to the Google and so forth. And then you'd need the password. And then the next thing you would do is how long would it take you the elapsed time? So it should take you 15 minutes. And then you put the step, follow these steps, open Google, and you lay it out from step one, step two, step three, step four. And so that you can hand that to any person, basically with a eighth to 10th grade education, and they should be able to follow those steps and complete the task. That way, if you bring in a, you know, somebody comes in as a temp, you can pull out the things that you want them to do out of your thing and say, okay, these are the things that you're going to do. And they should produce the same exact results each and every time. It makes sense, right? Yes. Yeah, so for a photographer, if I have a studio assistant, and I would set up a process for what they would do. When I get back from a shoot, I hand them my cards with the files on there, and there'll be step-by-step instructions on how they deal with those cards. Exactly. Right. It does take a little work, you know, to sit down and plot that out, right? I mean, it does take a few minutes to think about how to do that. And you're going to leave out some steps, and so you're going to have to add them back. So that's a very intricate part. Then we have a budget and performa. Now, back in the, you know, when I started my business, this was a big tool that was used. Now, most people use QuickBooks and these, you know, online programs. But a budget with a performer, what that is, is a forecast of where your business is going to do. And you forecast your budget, you know, the expenses that you're going to make. And therefore, you create, you know, a template of how your business is going to go in the next three, six, nine, 12 months. I'll give you a quick little example here. Uh, 100% would be revenue generated. In a photographer's world, 30% should be cost of sale. So if you take a $200 sale, $60 should be the one-time expense film or whatever you guys use to produce the photograph or the series of photographs for one time, just one-time use. That leaves you with a 70% gross profit then you should be able to pay your expenses out of that, leaving yourself a net profit of probably around 20% because we want to factor in. This is a big mistake, Andrew, that most uh, small businesses forget to do is they have to pay taxes, right? Yes. 
Okay, so if they're in a 26 or 30% tax bracket, then go ahead and subtract that out of the expenses. And then the, you take that 25% or whatever, let's say that off that number, that's going to leave you in a new figure, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and that figure is called your net net. So, and that net net should be 10%. Okay, so that's after all expenses, after tax is paid, that's your net net. Exactly. That should be 10% of your gross revenue. That's the true profit. That's the take home. That's a true profit. Right. Too many businesses uh, and startups and solopreneurs out there, they end up at the end of the year having to pay their own taxes. So they go in debt with a credit card or, you know, leverage money or whatever they do. But I learned a long time ago, we need to get the customer to pay our taxes. Absolutely. Yes. Pay everything. They're supposed to pay our spoilage, our loss, our you know, our accounts receivable, you know, probably your listeners got there, they're free to give money out, you know, accounts receivables. Well, they're not going to get all that money back. I mean, if they put out $100, they're probably going to get 70 of that dollars back, a 70-30 ratio. Well, you got to factor that 30% loss into the cost of sale, you know, into the retail. So like for an example, when I was in the air conditioning business, we started taking MasterCard and Visa and American Express. Well, back in those days, uh, American Express was the highest percentage, and that was 3%. So all of my prices went up 3% for fear that I would have to take all American Express cards. But if you add it into the retail, and therefore the customer, you know, reflects the blunt of it. So once we get an understanding of how the company works and we get it on a profit concept, then we know it refers back to the sales because the performa is the part about where the sales are going to come with a 30%, I like a 30% projection because if we hit 30, we're probably going to get 22 to 24. We know that 15% of our business is going to you know, fall away each year, not because of something we did wrong, just they're going to change. My brother-in-law went in the business, I moved, whatever. So, and then 7% should be calculated in for the cost of living, like gas prices, film, all these different things, solutions and things that they use, those prices go up. So if we're growing our company between 22 to 25%, you usually are going to stay ahead of the game. And this is how important the performa becomes because you can actually dial in your sales, you can dial in your profits and so forth and so on. Then you need a policy and procedure manual, and this is the rule book. This is how the policy when you take a credit card in, what are the policies, what are the procedures, what are your vacations, and all this gimme-do things that, that companies go through, you know, sick leave and vacation and harassments and, you know, all the things that, you know, these policy and procedures are there for. And then in my world, you need two, you need a direct marketing plan which is, you know, sending you know, mail outs, you know, doing your mail outs. And I'll give your listeners a tip here. I can give them a tip right now. And I think this would be good if we could share something with them that would get an 80% or higher open rate on their direct mail pieces. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So it's very simple. You get a little nine inch tube at the, at the Staples or, you know, your office supply store. And you get, you know, a tube like a poster tube and they come in colors or whatever. You make them be fun with that. All right. Take your flyer, your advertisement or whatever you want to send to them, roll it up, put it inside. And then you guys have, I'm sure the people out there have Tic Tacs. Yeah. Like the sweet, the lolly. Yeah. Yeah. The little Tic Tac breath mitts. Well, they fit perfectly right into that nine inch uh, tube. 
So you seal it up. And so when it arrives at the PO box or the box, guess what's happening? It's shaking. It's rattling. It's rattling. Yes. So they're going to open it. <laughs> That's going to get a hundred percent open rate. <laughs> well, I want to say that I can't say a hundred because maybe they don't hit the right mailbox. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, true. True. Okay, so with a little disclaimer there, but you can see how that would, that would, that would get curiosity. That would build curiosity and get somebody to open something. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to buy, but it, it gets the open rate up there. And if you're clever about your flyer, or your newsletter or whatever you're going, you're sending, then, you know, you got their attention. Now they open it. They'll think it's clever and so forth and so on. So it's just a good way to. Um, and then Facebook, if you don't mind, can I share how you and I met? Yeah, of course. So I have an assistant and I'll, I'll share the whole process with you. So my assistant has a virtual assistant. And this virtual assistant finds a genre of podcasts that we would like to get me on. So they line them up on a Google Drive. And so she picks out the ones and then she goes to Facebook. She doesn't go to your email. She doesn't go in the door. She goes through Facebook and she says, hi, this is Millie with executive assistant with Terry Ogburn. And he would like to be a guest on your show. And then usually the person will send back an email that we would go through and then we go through the email process. But we start out by Facebook. Do you know why? I'm guessing because the open rate's going to be higher. Otherwise, I may have ignored the email. You may have or whatever, but that's how we got connected. It was through somehow like that. And it is. It's a 100% open rate. Yes. Okay. I like that. So why does your assistant do that? Why does she or he need another virtual assistant? It takes my assistant to, let's say, do two hours worth of work finding names. Okay. Well, my virtual assistant, I can get 10 hours worth of work done from them on a weekly basis for what I would pay her for the two hours that she's going to do it. Okay. So you're just, you're cutting your costs there. They're doing the research and then you've, you're finding the name. Right. So they're just feeding in the right people. And then she is cut three to five hours out of her time just on, you know, for this segment of her work for me. Yes. Okay. And it's a numbers game, you know, getting on podcasts, you don't really have a chance to build rapport until you, like you and I got on the call first. But so it's just a numbers game. You got to throw it out there and throw it out there. Now, I'm not saying that all businesses should be like that. I'm just giving your listeners some little tips of how to get things open. So if you got a good offer, you know, send it through your Facebook you know, messenger. Don't bombard your people that way, you know, from your fan page or something. Be smart about it. Don't be, a, you know. A, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get a good word out, but I can't think of anything that would be appropriate. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. And I guess in our case, if your PA had have sent me an email and it was addressed to me by name and she indicated that she actually knew the podcast and that the audience, uh, the listener is going to be a photographer, then, yeah, I'm going to be opening that and reading that. Mm -hmm. But the, mm -hmm. using Facebook was a sure bet that I was going to read the message. Yeah, and you probably directed her to your assistant. And then she started communicating with your assistant. And then somehow, whether, you know, whether we filled out a questionnaire or whatever, you vetted us. I'm sure you did that. Yeah, I did all that. <laughs> and you said, you know, you said, well, this guy might be a good guy to have on. And voila. Yes, I love it. So really, really the takeaway here is don't bombard people's email. Look for different avenues to get in touch with someone, whether that's the post-it tube or using Messenger. There's other ways to get in front of your target or ideal clients. 
Exactly. And LinkedIn, you know, that's 100% open rate. So Terry, why is LinkedIn 100% open rate? When you go into Messenger, you know, when you... Oh, okay, right, yeah. Right, because you can go right into, you know, if you and I were connected on LinkedIn, I can message you. It doesn't cost me anything. Once you've got a connection, yes. Yeah. Yep, got it. Cool. So all these things that you're talking about here, these are the system that go into the operating manual. Correct. And now you police this on a quarterly basis. You update it if checklist change, if this policy change, you've got to go in, you know, update it like you normally would. But it gives you so much control over your business that once this thing is going, you could actually put it in another town and duplicate it. You could move it, you know, just down the street someplace and say, here, here's a, a licensing, you know, here's a business opportunity. Open a second store. In my air conditioning business, I opened a second store. I love it. All because of this operating manual. Right, because I didn't have to be a part of it. It's not, well, where's Terry? They didn't know. One, this is just a little quick, funny story. I also did another unique thing is every time you spent money with me, Andrew, you got a thank you card. So it was automatically, it was hand addressed by my assistant and I signed it and it, you know, put in an envelope and it was mailed out. Didn't matter if you spent a dollar with me or $500, everybody got a thank you card. And it had a little caption on it. It was a fit in a number 10 envelope. The word thanks was rich in an arc. There was a football, you know, ball flying through the air like a person was passing the ball, you know, an American football. And the arc of the uh, same as with the thanks. And you open it up and it said, for throwing the business my way. Nice. And then I signed it. It's a simple little thing. So back in the day, I did some in the, especially early stages, I did service calls as well. And so I'd come in and I'd say to Mary Beth, I'd say, okay, how many calls do I have today? And she goes, oh, three or four, whatever. So I'd get them lined up and get them all. So I'd go up to show up to this house and I only did air conditioning work. And we had, oh, we did also appliances and microwaves and all kinds of other stuff that we did. And so I've come up to the door of the lady's house and knock on the door. And so she opens the door and she goes, you're not Terry. And I, I pulled my shirt up and I, with my name and I go, yes, ma'am, I am. <laughs> you know. And she goes, no, no, you're not the one that fixed my stove. And I go, oh, no, that would have been Jeff. Jeff does our stoves. I said, but you requested Terry. And she goes, oh, that was because of the thank you card. I really didn't know his name. And so, so I got the call. It was just fortunate it was air conditioning. But I did have people call up and say, can I get Terry to come out and work on my stove? And everybody had to laugh at him. <laughs> Man, you want anybody but Terry working on your stove. <laughs> so is this... All because of the thank you cards? Like, is that what you're saying that it just helped? What's the idea of the thank you card? Is it to save top of mind? Well, think about this for a second, Andrew. You've gotten cards from your family, your, you know, people, right? Yes. Isn't it hard to throw it away? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Particularly for my wife. She really struggles with it. But yeah, I tend to keep them. I store them. Right. Well, that's human nature. So the first thing would happen, my guess is the husband would come home and the wife would say, or vice versa, I say, well, guess what? We got a thank you card from those people from Buccaneer. Really? You know, and that would be, you know, that would be like, well, these guys are a little different, you know? So yes. we try to, my rule is, and I, this rule should be for every one of your guests, study what others do and find a better way to do it. I like that. When I sold cars, I gave a bottle of champagne away with every delivery. Now, in this day and age, mothers against drug drivers, that wouldn't work. But back in the day, this was a celebrated purchase. So when I give them a bottle of champagne, the bottle cost me $2.30 at the time. And so, I mean, it was a cool little gift. And so, therefore, it got to be a point where it was somebody mentioned car, they would think car, Terry, champagne, you know, that would kind of, <laughs> kind of go together. You know? I like that. 
So let me take you back to the budget and performer aspect of the system because I think what's scared really frightened a lot of listeners is that 10% true profit because I know that a lot of photographers in business, they're using this six figures or $100,000 as a bit of a benchmark, which to me generally would say if someone's grossing $100,000, they're probably taking home around 50000 But by your numbers, they're only taking home 10000 No, 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 no. Let's don't go there. My mistake. Let's remember that salaries and everything are going to be in our expenses. Okay. Well, that's another thing. I bet, I'll bet anything that most photographers that are running a small business, so self-employed, aren't even paying themselves a wage. They're taking it out of the profit. Well, again, that's where my system, my program, me, that's where I would fix that. Right. Okay. Okay. So let's say I'm a small business operator and let's say I have hit six figures. I'm going pretty good in the photography world as let's say I'm going okay. What would be your advice when you came into my business? It's just me, maybe my partner working in the business and I want to grow. What do you do when you come in? Well, the first thing I would do is I'd want us, you and your partner to sit down and let's analyze what we're doing. Okay. So a problem defined is half solved. So then we figure out what it is that you want. So we have to figure out what does your business look like five years from now? Okay. Now, then we chunk it down to one year. Now I'm just using a formula. You can do it a year and three months or whatever, but the idea is to figure out what it is your business looks like in five years and then set four, you know, four, three, two, one uh, plateaus so that we would sit down and say, okay, where do we need to be at the end of 2020 and you make 50,000 and your partner make 50,000 and we keep 10% of what we make. Okay. So that means that we may need to do $600,000. I'm just throwing a number out. Sure. Okay. All right. So then we have, we would set down a marketing strategy that would get us to that plateau so that we get the $50,000 into the year. Now, starting out fresh, we may start with, you know, 10,000 this quarter and so forth and so on. We ramp it up, but it has to be based on your gross revenue. Right. Okay. And then out of that gross revenue, I'm getting the feeling that your thought process is every single business owner should be paying themselves out of the expenses, not out of the profit. Exactly. Because that's why 80% of the businesses will fail is because it's flawed logic to be paid out of the profits. We're supposed to keep the profit. But when you say keep the profit, for what? Isn't that our wages? Isn't that our money? No, that's a flawed concept in business. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Terry, I could talk with you all day. I know the listener is going to really enjoy what you had to share. First of all, where's the best place for the listener to learn more and get more from you? Where should we go? Can I give your listeners just one more tip before we sign off? Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. Okay. This is four steps. If they put these four things in place... It'll never fail them. So you ready? I am. Commitment. Number one is commitment. They got to be totally in, all in. Boats burn the boats, all that stuff. You'll probably remember the story. But be committed. If you're going to be in the photography business, be all in. Don't put your toe in the water. I mean, just commit, dive in, do whatever it takes to make it happen. Number two is disciplines. You have to have put disciplines in place to make sure that your commitment comes true. 
So that means if you got to get up earlier in the morning, you got to stay up later or whatever, you know, make sure that you get your processes and things in play. Number three, decisions. The decisions you make must be leading you towards your commitment. I'll give every one of your listeners permission to procrastinate on anything that doesn't take them towards their goals. And then fourth is visualization. They have to visualize themselves in obtaining the commitment, already having the commitment, complete it, have it done, visualize it over and over and over, and it will come to fruition each and every time. It won't fail you. Commitment, discipline, what was the third one? Decisions. The decisions you make must be driving you towards your commitment. And then your visualization at the end. Already having it in your possession. I love it. Why does this work? Well, first of all, it doesn't matter if you're committed to go to the grocery store. You got to be disciplined to to get there, right? (laughs) True. Okay. Now, the decisions as you're driving, you're not going to just drive wherever the car, you come up and there's a red light. You don't turn right and go around the block. You put disciplines in place to stop the car so you don't have to, you know, maneuver the car around all over the place. Okay. And then the visualization is you getting to the store and getting what you want. Mm -hmm. It works. It doesn't matter if in anything. Very cool. Commitment, discipline, decisions, visualization. All right. That's our takeaway. Good. Awesome. Yeah. So where can we learn more from you, Terry? Well, AugburnsBusinessSolutions.com, that's my company. They can go and learn everything they need about me. I'm a, uh, the only coach, consultant, business development company that offers a 100% guarantee. You do what I ask you to do and it doesn't work, then I'll gladly refund your money. That's right there on my website. But the listeners that would like to work with me directly, I've got a special offer for them. This is, they go to my website, terryogren.com, my personal website. They go into the contact us button. No drop down box will kick in there. Put in their name, their email address, and a subject that they'd like me to talk, a challenge that they're having. So in the subject line, put the challenge they're having. And if in the message center, if they want to put a little note, send that off to me. I will spend one hour with any of your listeners and we'll tackle that challenge and, you know, do our best to make it go away. No charge, no money, no upsell. If I can just help, you know, more and more listeners, you know, through their challenges, it would be a great service for me. That's fantastic. So what's the URL for that? It's terryogburn.com, my name.com. Okay. And where do they go? Is it just on your homepage or they have to go somewhere else into the site? No, that's just, you know, the HPP slash www. So, you know, it's an active website. It's not a landing page. It's no sales things on it. It's just a design this webpage for podcasting and it's just for podcast, you know, the podcasters use, you know, I mean, that's for the offer. But that's all. It's just a complete website. It's got testimonies on it. They can go and look at some of the video testimonies that people I've worked with over the years. There's some pretty, some high, maybe even some people they may even know be on there. Ross Hamilton, Lee Goff, some big name people that I've been able to work with to, um, you know, to get my business established. Ross Hamilton, for an example, has the largest um, his website's called Connected Investors. He's got the largest real estate investment community in the world. Wow. Realistically, for the listener, like what stage of their business do they have to be at for them to get in touch with you? Like, do they have to be turning over 100,000, 200, 500? No, I would help anybody. Money is not the thing. It's about helping them get 
you know, what their goal is. You know, if I was working with, let's say you, for an example, Andrew, the first thing I'd want to do is I'd want to find out what your goals are. Because until I know that, we can't build a bridge. My tagline, I don't know if you noticed it, it says, bridge the gap between dreams and reality. I like it. Well, when we're building our business, we have all these dreams that we have. And then you've been in the business for a while. So you know that you have these dreams that you have. And then there was this reality section and you kept bouncing your head against this glass wall or glass ceiling. Is that fair to say? Yes. Okay. So when we build a bridge, if your listeners are probably get this, and you probably too, that you build a bridge from both ends, don't you? Both ends of the bank. Yeah. So there's part of our bridge that we need to build on our work on our dream. And then there's part of our bridge is the reality. So we need to connect, go through the barrier and my systems and processes, um, not just mine, but there are plenty of them out there, but the right systems and processes for your business will be able to poke holes through that thing till you crack that ceiling. And then you start hitting your goals. And once we start hitting our goals, they become easier. And it's, it's like climbing a summit. We get to first base camp, second base camp. And move on. And it's all systematic. And it can, they, my program has 90-day checkpoints. We check in every 90 days to make sure that we're on target for our goals. We readjust and aim a little higher or whatever. I love it. I love it. Terry, it's been great talking to you. It's been wonderful to hear what you've had to share. I know that this is going to enjoy it. And thank you so much for that super generous offer as well. Mate, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, you're most welcome. And I appreciate you for allowing me to be on your show as well. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Terry. Terry, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for (laughs) challenging me, my thinking, the way I've approached business and really opening our eyes to the possibilities of growing a business successfully by following the processes that you talked about. It really has been eye-opening. For you, the listener, I hope your mind has been blown as much as mine. If there was a particular takeaway from Terry that you took in and thought, yes, I'm going to take that on board, I'm going to make some changes to my business because of what Terry said when he said this, that, or the other, I'd love to hear what that was. What's that one thing that he said that resonated with you that's going to force you to make a change in the way you approach business? Let me know in the comments area, and you can find them at the bottom of the show notes this week at photobizx.com forward slash 356. Now in those show notes, you can find links to anything and everything that Terry mentioned, which wasn't a lot. There's only a couple of links there for Terry. Easy to find him with those links. Uh, I can't say there are amazing photos (laughs) of Terry or photos that he's created or shared because he's not a photographer, but you will see some images on there. You'll also see links and images that relate to other announcements that I'll be making after this and and also in relation to the daily vlog challenge. All that in the show notes, photobizx.com forward slash 356. And if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Terry into the members Facebook group. So if you have any follow-up questions for him, you can hit him up there inside the Facebook group. I've got one big shout out for today's episode and this one goes to Banff wedding photographer Chris Beck in Canada. Interestingly, Chris was interviewed for the podcast a couple of years ago and at the time he had two successful studios, one in Canada, one in the States. Things were going absolutely crazy for him all because 
one particular image that he took inside an ice cave went viral. Since then, he's focused all his attention to the wedding photography business in Canada, in Banff particularly, and he was lovely enough to lead a five-star rating and a lovely review inside iTunes. He says, PhotoBizX is the best photography podcast for business, period. He goes on to say in his review, I'm addicted to this podcast. As a full-time wedding photographer in my 12th year of business, this podcast feeds my soul. It continually challenges and motivates me. There are so many actionable business ideas found in the gold mine of shows. And I love that he says this, as a photographer, you can sometimes feel alone in the business. This podcast is so much more than just talk. It gives a sense of community. I know Chris is talking about the members Facebook group there. And he goes on to finish with, if you're serious about taking your photography business to the next level or learning from the best, then this is the podcast for you. So Chris, mate, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that rating review. It's really good to see your name pop up. It's been good to chat to you via email last week when I did see the, uh, when I saw the review pop up and I love that things are going well for you. I know it's probably tough right now like it is for all of us, but I am 100% positive that things are going to be just fine for you once all this mess clears up. And just quickly before I do move on from the reviews segment, if you are looking for backlinks to your website, and I know there's a good chance you are working on your website on your SEO while you're confined to home, if you're looking for a good solid backlink using the keyword phrase as anchor text from a fantastic and strong website like PhotoBizX, then all you need to do is leave a simple review, an honest review wherever you listen to podcasts. It could be in iTunes, it could be at Stitcher Radio, it could be via the Overcast app. You could even leave a review on the PhotoBizX Facebook page. Wherever you'd like to leave a review, if you leave a review for me, let me know that you have. Get in touch with me via email. Let me know the keyword phrase that you would like me to use for Anchor Tech. So in Chris's case, he's looking to rank for BAMP wedding photographer. So I'm using that phrase as the Anchor Text to link to his website. So you can have exactly the same by simply leaving an honest review. But let me know those details. Email me. It's andrew at photobizx.com. If you go ahead and do that, and I'll be happy to add those links to your website. And also, you need to let me know the URL that you'd like me to link to. And I should have added, if you've already left a, a review for the PhotoBizX podcast, maybe you want to go back and check out the Photography Experiment podcast. You can leave a review for that podcast. I'm happy to add a second review for you. I'm trying to do what I can to help you in any way that I can to get these links because I know how, how helpful they can be. PhotoBizX.com. Real advice, real strategies, and real ideas to build your photography business. A couple of quick announcements before we close out today's episode. Don't forget, if you are looking to save some money on the PhotoBizX Premium membership, you can get a six month membership right now for $40. That's $40 US dollars. All you do, if you're an existing $20 membership, Sign up for the six-month membership at photobizx.com forward slash SMS and I'll refund the last $20 payment that you made. So it's a little way that I can help you to get through this period when there's going to be a lot less income coming in for photographers. So photobizx.com forward slash SMS if you want to make use of that. If you like the idea of online learning, you might be familiar with the name Heidi Thompson from Evolve Your Wedding Business. She has put together 
an online wedding business summit. It's called the Bookmore Weddings Virtual Summit. You can get your free ticket now over at photobizx.com forward slash summit. It kicks off on April 20th and there are four days of presentations back to back. There's a huge number of speakers here. I'm sure there's going to be something for you if you are photographing weddings. Go and check that out, photobizx.com forward slash summit. Now, I think as far the way I understand it, the, the tickets are free now, but I think as you get closer, they, they, they go up in price. Well, there's a price for them which goes up in in cost as it gets closer to the actual summit. But there are details if you're going to follow that link. Uh, also, I wanted to share with you, oh, yeah, I've still been working on the coronavirus resource page. I keep adding to that whenever I find something that's uh, applicable to you or I think it's going to be applicable to you and your business. It's where you can save money, where you can get rebates, where different businesses will cut you some slack, like Adobe, for example, you know, giving two or three months free access to their products or whatever products you've been using from them, I should say. So check out that page. It's at photobizx.com forward slash CVR. Lots and lots of things on that page if you're looking to save some money or download marketing ideas, get access to free training, there's swipe files, all kinds of things on that page for you. I think that's it. Don't forget, if you want to get involved in the daily vlog challenge when it kicks off next round, get over to photobizx.com forward slash challenge. I'd love to see you part of that. It's so much fun. You'll be able to use the videos. You'll see a massive transformation from the start to the finish of the challenge. And it's a great way to meet and get to know other photographers, to learn some new skills, to share a bit about you and your life, and just be involved in a, a community environment while you're potentially stuck at home and learning at the same time. Really, really is fun. Photobizx.com forward slash challenge. Alrighty, that is it for me for this episode. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 